Hi, and welcome to the Mouse and More Podcast. I'm Chris, and tonight it's me and the guys. I've got Tony and Adam. Hi. Hey, hey. how are you? How's everybody? Phenomenal. Good, good. It's been kind of a crazy week for all of us. We've got Crystal out sick. I'm sick. I just came back from Disneyland. Adam just got back from World, and uh, the campies are still down in... Orlando. Oh, and let's not forget that Liza's house is being demolished. So it's a little crazy. So we do have a bit of a delay this week in recording and getting a show out. And we apologize in advance. But we have tons of news, right? That we do. Oodles yes. of news. Oodles of news. That's right. Oodles of news. That should be the name of the show. Um, okay, so I'm going to go just jump right in. And I'm going to go over to Adam. And he's going to talk about some nighttime shows. And some sad news, I think, for some people. Sad news for some. Good news for few? I don't know. Epcot Forever. We knew Epcot Forever was going to be going away at some point. But we have confirmation that it's, it's forever going away forever <laughs> on September 28th of this year. So that means in Harmonious, the new Epcot show will start October 1st. So that means there's two days of Epcot evenings that won't have a fireworks show. Ooh, I like that. Nice and quiet. Yeah. There isn't a big rush at the end of the night to leave. Mm -hmm. You can take your time. You don't have to worry about all those uh, bubble wands going all over the place. How do you feel about the bubble wands? I don't mind them. I think they're they're cute. I don't mind bubbles. I know some people have things with bubbles. I'm not a bubble wand fan. Like when they get in your face and you're like, oh, why are these kids here? Why? With their bubble wands. Okay. So bubble, wait, bubble wand or bubble gun? Oh, aren't they the same the thing? Bubble gun puts out hundreds of bubbles. Doesn't the wand do the kind of the same thing? Maybe yeah, I'm wrong. That, that's manual. You know, you you always get that one kid that's who, true. Who, who can't get, who can't <gasps> grasp it right, and just yeah. can't blow any bubbles. But oh, those bubble that's guns, so sad. you know, that's like putting a, a clip on full auto, uh, and you just you just pull the trigger <laughs> and bubbles come out. Yeah. Okay. Those are the ones that annoy me because like you'll be walking behind some little baby in a stroller and she's got her little bubble thing out and it's like, stop it. Stop it right now. Cause like, what if you're wearing a cute dress and it gets all over your dress? It will leave little spots depending on the material. I'm just saying from personal experience or it gets in your hair. I mean, okay. Maybe I'm not, you know, maybe I am a curmudgeon. I don't know. Okay. All right, let's. What's the what's the part two of this, Adam? Part two, and this is a little surprising, is that happily ever after the popular but fairly young nighttime show at Magic Kingdom will be going away forever on September 29th of this year, and so you only have a couple months to check it out before it wishes away forever. So. I have a question. I'm not really sure why it's surprising because they're having a new show for the 50th, right? Did people just think it was coming, you know, only for the 50th and then happily ever after would be back or what? I think that was the thinking Uh. because happily ever after is a, the show debuted in, I believe it was 2017, May of 2017. So a little over four years, but it was it wasn't even running for a year and they hired Jordan Fisher to sing. He's kind of like a big star. So I'm sure they right. had to pay him. A, I'm sure they had to pay him a lot of money to, to do the song. I'm and, sorry. 
<laughs> yeah, kind of. Well, actually, I, I saw Jordan Fisher on the streets of New York a couple months ago, which is kind of funny. But uh, wait, but was he panhandling? Was he pan? No, I don't think it. No, he wasn't. Well, okay. Per, perhaps the show for the 50th anniversary has music by Di Capella. Oh God, I don't even know who that is. Uh, that's the acapella group that Disney wants to uh, force down our throats all the time. Oh, oh. Well, I guess that could be worse, right? Yeah. No, acapella can be cool sometimes. But, yeah. Uh, oh, it's going to be good music. I mean, it will be a great show. I have no doubt. The new show, Disney Enchantment, starts October 1st. So that means September 30th, there will be no nighttime show at the Magic Kingdom. So if you want to go see it, hurry up. Or, or want to go see – well, if you want to see both, hurry up. But uh, if you want to see Apple Ever After – I kind of had a, I, I don't know, like I, so I guess this means that this Disney Enchantment show is not just a 50th like nostalgic, you know, extravaganza of a show. It's just a new nighttime show where they're gonna like mash up some songs and put the fireworks in. So unless if it is a 50th and they have something planned even for after that, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking this. I don't know. I mean, you know, they might have something new planned after it even. I. Don't, I don't know. I mean, I thought Happily Ever After was pretty good. And I'm not really, as I said before, I'm not a huge fireworks fan, although I really enjoyed that time I went with the, to the dessert party a couple weeks ago. I mean, it was good, but I don't think it was any better than, uh, shoot, what was the other one? Wishes. 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 Yeah. I don't, was it better than, I don't know. I actually like the music better from Happily Ever After, I guess. You know, I think Wishes kind of tugged at your heartstrings. You know, the the little kid voice oh God, and, and, and and all that stuff. Um, yeah, maybe but, you. <laughs> but you know, I I do. Uh, you know, like Adam says, if you want to catch them, you've got until September to check them out, and that's a perfect opportunity to mention um, Main Street and More Travel, Chris's travel agency. So you know, reach out to her if you uh, want to go. That would be nice. That would be very nice, actually. We will find you the one remaining room on property. Speaking of the uh, 50th anniversary celebration, did you see that they replenished park passes yes. uh, for October 1st, which I'm sure by the time most people listen to this, they're probably already gone. Right. Uh, but very interesting that they were able to uh, replenish that. So it, it makes me question, you know, do they put a certain number of tickets aside? Because it seems like they're always replenishing stuff or are they increasing capacity again? I think and they're increasing capacity, right? That, that's the that's the hundred thousand dollar question. No, nobody knows. You know, I mean, at least with with stuff like the cruise line, you know, they when you do stuff online ahead of time, they put aside a certain percentage of uh, tickets for those who are getting on board the ship on the first day for your embarkation day. So they're not booking everything. So it, you know, it makes me wonder if there's, you know, are there eighty thousand park passes for October first? And maybe they put out 60,000 initially, and now they're opening up the other 20,000. Or were there 80,000 park passes available, and now they just bumped it up to 100,000? You know, and and Disney is very tight to the vest with that. They don't they don't let us know when they're increasing capacity. However, as more and more attractions open up that people have the ability to visit and and go to, um, one would think that they will open up capacity. Well, we've got more capacity opening up, right? Don't we, Tony? We do. That's a good segue. 
that is a phenomenal segue. And it's not that we have more capacity. Well, the parks can handle more people because they have some attractions that will be reopening. Uh, And this is great news. Uh, A couple days ago, there was a story out that Monsters, Inc. left floor. Uh, which is one of my favorite attractions over in Tomorrowland. Uh, it was undergoing rehearsals. Uh, and then uh, on the 21st of July, they announced that Beauty and the Beast live on stage, which is in Hollywood Studios, Turtle Talk with Crush, which is in Epcot, uh, Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor uh, in, in the aforementioned Tomorrowland, and the wonderful world of animation, which is in Disney's Hollywood Studio, would all be reopening. So starting October 1st, the wonderful world of animation will return to Disney's Hollywood Studios. This is the uh, nighttime event at Hollywood Studios, which uh, leverages projection mapping uh, on the Chinese theater. And it's a, a journey of 90 years of Disney animation. So that is a fun show. Uh, on August on August 15th, Beauty and the Beast live on stage will return to the Theater of the Stars on Sunset Boulevard. Uh, this is a... I don't necessarily want to say Broadway caliber show, but uh, it's it's an excellent show, a very good retelling uh, of the Beauty and the Beast story. Uh, and then on August 8th, the Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor will reopen. It is uh, one of my favorite attractions to do with my family. And uh, do you guys have any favorite jokes now? One of my favorite things about this attraction is that as you're in the queue, uh, you can submit jokes via text and have the uh, – uh, chance that your joke is actually used during the course of the show um so do you guys have any jokes that you submit on a regular basis i don't want to sound lame but no i don't think i've ever submitted a joke no adam no No, i haven't um okay i like i like to just uh, be involved in the show and and uh you know hear what other people's jokes and it's funny like you well i mean they they just put out a new show uh monsters after work right that's what it's called right yeah on disney plus on disney plus why am i monsters monsters at work monsters Monsters at work work. yeah sorry at work work. (laughs) could be mark monsters after work that could be funny um and it's all about how they transition from scaring to uh laugh not laughing but scaring to humor and, and comedy and what better way to you know synergize that property with this attraction that is just sitting right there in the magic kingdom it's like it's unfortunate they didn't open it when the show debuted but at least it's gonna come back soon right but but the attraction uh in the monsters world they're already ensconced in uh laughter so it's it's already post-transition but we have two jokes that as a family we'd like to submit and i will share them with you now um why didn't the teddy bear eat lunch uh why because he was stuffed because he was stuffed. Oh, uh, did you know that? Had you heard that one before, Adam, or did you no, just guess? I, I literally just was like, hmm. That's yeah. pretty good. And, okay. and and why did the whale cross the ocean? Um, Why? To get to the other tide. Oh, God, that's actually terrible. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, getting away from that, uh, the final attraction that will be reopening, Turtle Talk with Crush, which is over at the Sea with Nemo and Friends, uh, will reopen on August 21st. Hmm. I could never see that again and be happy. You know, that's a great attraction with little kids. um, Hmm. But I don't think I've gone in there. The girls are now 18 and 16. I don't think we've been in there in five years. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've yeah. been in there. I think maybe the twins asked or something, and I was like, even like a couple of years ago, and I was like, mm, 
we're busy, but right. you know. I, I was going to say my girls, they will interact with Crush on the cruise uh, if we're dining in uh, Animator's Palette uh, uh, and, and Crush comes to the table. Uh, so, you know, they like that. But uh, Epcot, not so much. I think this is good for a lot of reasons. Uh, when I was in Hollywood Studios, I would have liked to have seen the Beauty and the Beast live on stage because I like that music. And I saw the Beauty and the Beast sing-along that they have at the France Pavilion Theater, whereas Impressions to France usually used to play. And now Impressions is later in the day, and this Beauty and the Beast sing-along was earlier. So anyway, so I watched that, and that was... That was interesting. It wasn't, there was not full songs of Sing Along. It was kind of mashed up. It was very confusing to follow. And um, I was, when I was watching that, I was, I was kind of wishing that this Beauty and the Beast Live on stage was actually running at Highwood Studio because I would have rather seen that than seeing the thing in France. So uh, I know it's old and it's been there forever. And a lot of people wanted them to use a new, property to put there but it still holds up so i'm kind of glad that's coming back adam speaking of you being at hollywood studios can you talk a little bit about the wait times when you were at disney world just a couple days ago oh yeah over the weekend the wait times were very heavily inflated than what they actually were and i was timing them like with my watch the stopwatch so i wasn't just like guessing so like peter pan on saturday when I got there, I went after 10 o'clock. Yeah, the park opened at 9, and I got through. I got, yeah, I got through the gates at quarter to 10. So it was like about 10 o'clock. Peter Pan was posted for 30 minutes. The line was out of the queue, but not too far down the, uh, not too far down towards the Tangled Bathrooms. Posted 30 minutes, I waited 20. And then we rode it again with the Campies. About an hour later, it was posted for 60, and we waited 30 minutes. And the line was just a little bit further beyond where I had first gotten in it the first time. That was on Saturday. On Sunday, we were at Epcot. Soren in the morning was posted at 45. We waited 15 minutes, and and I skipped one. Uh, we went, When we were in Magic Kingdom the day before, Pirates was posted for 60, and we waited like 10 minutes. We didn't even wait. Wow. It was just constant walking to get to our boat. Yeah. So the weekend was very overinflated wait times. But for whatever reason, during the week, Animal Kingdom and even Magic Kingdom on Wednesday, wait times were high and the lines were pretty much on par with it. Like, like flight of, uh, we didn't wait for flight of passage, but like Kilimanjaro Safari was posted 70 and we waited, we waited 60 minutes for that. Um, I had gone on Slinky Dog as my first ride in the morning at Hollywood Studios. I waited, I think I waited 50 minutes for that. So the weekdays, for whatever reason, the wait times were much higher early than the weekends were. I don't know why. Maybe people, maybe it's like a reverse psychology. People think it's busy on the weekends, so they stay home, and it's and it's less busy on weekdays, so they go. But then it's busy because everybody had the same thought. Maybe. I don't know. I, I must say that we made multiple trips during the pandemic. And on every trip, there was no – I don't want to say no. There was hardly any accurate reporting of wait times 
Uh, I, and I don't know if it seemed to be guesses. I know they were not handing out the red cards of uh, of honor, as we like to call them, that they usually give to guests to carry through the queue, which is how they kind of set the wait times. Um, so I don't know that they're not using those, and I don't know how much those come into play. Uh, but things always seem to be, if it said 20 minutes, it was 10. If it said 30, it was anywhere between 15 to 20. Uh, so it, it seemed... And, and still seems like they're inflating things uh, just a little bit. So it's 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 I don't know. It's just odd. It's it's very un-Disney. Well, I don't know that it's un-Disney. I mean, I I think that you know Disney likes to uh, underpromise and overdeliver, right? So I mean, if you're if you're telling people the wait is 45 minutes and it's 30, that that's pretty positive, right? They enjoy that a lot more than if, you know, it's, you tell them it's 45 and it's 75, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. I think almost mentally it kind of, you know, it's kind of like, Hey, that was great. You know? Cause I know that with people I'm friends with, we're all talking about that. We'll be like, Oh yeah. You know, I just, like you said, you know, Adam, I walked on pirates basically when they said there was a 20 minute wait or whatever. And I've had that experience too. Like I found at toy story, you know, that's my ride. Um, I found at toy story mania. I could just basically not quite walk on it, but I mean, pretty darn close. And and they would say like a half hour wait time and it was like 10, 15 minutes. But the other thing is it was like that in Disneyland too. Like all the wait times were considerably lower than what was posted except for Spider-Man Web Slingers, which broke down while we were waiting in line. And I will tell you that a lot of that queue is outside in the hot sun. So bring, you know, some sunblock or a hat or umbrella or something. And in fact, a lot of their queues are outdoors. But, uh, you know, other than that, we had the same experience out in Disneyland. So I don't know. It doesn't bother me that they do that. I'd rather have them be low than high. Yeah, I mean, we'd rather wait less, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I have you seen that? at Well, okay. so I don't know if you all have been at Universal. I've seen it at Universal as well, although maybe a little closer to what's projected at Universal. At at the same time, though, if you knew knew it line was half of what the wait time shows then you would probably ride it so you end up not riding something and either going to a store to buy something or going to oh eat something which is I end up doing. okay oh so you guys are all about the conspiracy theory well i don't know it's, if it's to a, get you to buy stuff part of me part of me believes that yes yeah. um i know and like i like jungle cruise a jungle cruise anytime i looked it was always very high it was always like 60 minutes or above and i, I right. that was one, one that was one ride i didn't get to do this this trip yeah. and i like to do it and um and i know they're changing it and so i wanted to see all that and i probably should have just gone on it because it probably was going to be less than what the wait time was but the problem with that queue is a lot of it's outdoors and even the part that's undercover it's still hot in there because it's it's like that wood encasement and it's it's a hot queue and it was a hot week so can you when is the one in Walt Disney World supposed to change over? They just the said jungle? it's supposed to be this summer. Okay. Cuz the one in Disneyland changed over and the cool thing was is it wasn't supposed to change until like Friday, but they were letting people on I think as early as Wednesday night. 
So, and there were no wait times for that. You could just literally walk on it. So it was kind of fun to see that. And you guys will, you guys will enjoy it. I thought they did a really good job out there. I'll, I'll save the surprises. Yeah. They, they um, had announced that as a soft opening out in California. Okay. And uh, Adam, please get used to calling the name by its new ride. It is now the world famous Jungle Cruise Tours. According is that to what the, it's called? Oh, that's a to, lot, right? A, that's a little wordy. According to the new sign at the Magic Kingdom, which uh, was put up today, it is now the world famous Jungle Cruise Tours. And they uh, uh, they removed some of the spears. They have replaced the spears with oars. And uh, the, the sign is now culturally sensitive. You know... I think if you're a massive Jungle Cruise fan, you would probably have noticed a lot of changes. But if you're kind of the casual, like twice a year fan, you're maybe not. I mean, I noticed a few things. But what I really noticed out there is it was cleaner looking. You know, a lot of the animatronics just looked more realistic. And did they have the piranhas in the water before? Land they always have. Okay. Those piranhas were awesome. That might have been my favorite part. So um, you will enjoy that, Adam. Yeah, I mean, I didn't notice, like, like again, you know, maybe if you're like that hardcore guy who, like, has the Jungle Cruise-themed bathroom and you live and breathe the Jungle Cruise, you're going to be, you know, maybe missing something. But I, I thought it was great. So, and now I've done it and I don't have to go on it for at least, like, you know, another year. So. Well, do, do you know what shocked me with the return of the Polynesian Village Resort? Yes. Uh, was the fact that they did nothing. Well, they reopened Trader Sam's, Grog Grotto. Um, yes. But uh, they have changed the backstory now. Okay. Uh, Trader Sam is no longer a headhunter, a shrunken, uh, a salesman of shrunken heads. Uh, he is now traveling various jungles to find new drinks. So he's like a jungle bartender. Hey, um, that's an awesome idea and very creative. And the only thing they changed on the menu was the fact that the shrunken zombie, the shrunken, there was a shrunken head drink that has been renamed to the zombie. Okay. So I, I hope we don't offend any zombies. You know what? We have one zombie listener in Australia and uh, occasionally get emails from her, but otherwise, you know, no major issues. So, well, you know, it, it's like she says. Uh. <laughs> exactly that's exactly what she says um we do have one listener in australia who i know it's her name is pippa and they're locked down right now so if you're listening pippa uh you're not the zombie um that i know of actually but i'm, I'm assuming how do not. we know it's been they've been long you know she's and so half. innocent and cute looking i just can't see her you know being a zombie but yeah you're right you know it's an instagram filter it it could be no i've i've actually met her in person she brought me cookies so um and she was actually the first time i was ever in beaches and cream that's that's we went there once okay aside uh, as a, a side note here i want to turn this over to tony i thought this was very interesting what what's going on with dcl right now so dcl uh, lots of stuff going on the dream completed their first test cruise uh, they have had their status changed from the CDC to do a second test cruise. Uh, the Fantasy is gearing up to do their first test cruise. Um, each ship in the fleet 
in order to sail in American waters has to undergo test cruises and certification uh, by the CDC in order to get their conditional sail uh, certificate. So that is what's happening. Uh, the Magic, of course, is doing their staycations over in the UK, uh, which they did have their first public sailing uh, last week, I believe. And uh, they've made some changes. So don't know if those changes will come over to the States. You know, no, no deck parties, social Good. distance, socially distance characters. Uh, they did have buffets. Uh, however, they were not self-serve. They did have cast members serving guests uh, and they had cast members serving guests uh, ice cream and soda at the soda stations as well. Uh, those are two big self-serve areas on the Disney Cruise Line ships uh, normally. But uh, as we as we gear up for cruising, going on the history of the CDC approving ships, it looks like it takes 11 to 12 days after the first test sailing if there are no issues for a ship to get their conditional uh, sail certificate. Uh, so it looks like um, August 9th is going to be the first public sailing uh, since COVID. Um, and the only reason uh, we know of this date is because guests who are on that cruise have been able to go through the online uh, booking process uh, in which they get their port arrival times and boarding parties. Normally, you get your boarding party when you get to the uh, cruise terminal. But I think what they're doing now in order to keep the uh, terminal from getting congested is asking people to stick to their port arrival time and allocating uh, boarding parties based on your arrival time. So that is what's happening with the ships now. There have been some issues with the itinerary, uh, and this is with the dream. Right now, the dream sailings for the beginning of August through early September, uh, they have modified their itineraries that they will be not stopping at Nassau. They are adding a second stop at Castaway Key, which if you're a fan of Castaway Key, that's phenomenal because those dip, double dip cruises at Castaway Key usually cost a little more. Uh, so you're getting two two days at Castaway Key, uh, but you are not getting that day at Nassau. I do not know what the reasoning is. I don't know if Nassau has not opened themselves fully to passengers, uh, to guests, uh, to the cruise line yet. Uh, I know the Cayman Islands right now will not be allowing cruise ships in until at the earliest January of 2022. Um, so that uh, that could be part of the issue. So that's that's where we sit with the cruises. I'm I'm kind of excited by that. I'm excited too. Now, okay, Chris Compton, a listener, a show listener, loves Adam. I think I think he's her favorite. Chris is going on the August 9th cruise with her extended family, and I'm a tiny bit worried. I did message her a little bit earlier and said, hey, guess who's going to Castaway Key twice? You. Um, I haven't heard back from her yet. And I, that would be my preference. She kind of wanted to go to the Bahamas. Her grandson wanted to check out the Bahamas. And, you know, maybe we can uh, spin this by telling him, hey, Castaway Key is in the Bahamas. You know, I, I don't know how they're going to feel about that because um, this kind of is like the first family cruise in a long time. But I'm excited for her because even just last week we were kind of talking about it and she's like, do I need to move this? Do I need to make alternative plans? And now it really does look like she's going on August 9th. And the cool thing is she's going to be the first one, uh, you know, going out one of the first groups. So I kind of I'm kind of excited because we're going to get like the inside story on everything. So, yeah, I, I must admit I'm envious. I am, um, too. And I'll tell you, if you told me I had to choose between stopping in Nassau or getting a second day at Castaway Key, 
uh, I would never even uh, yep. step foot on Nassau again. Yeah, I've, same I've, here. I've done it once. Put me two days at Castaway Key and I'm happy. Do you know the one thing I really want to do at N- in Nassau is um, like we have an agency cruise for November 12th. We're going on DCL, hopefully. And I think it would be awesome for the agents to go ahead and tour the Sandals Resort there because, you know, as a travel agent, you can go there for the day. You can check it out. You can eat the food. You can drink if you want, whatever. It's pretty close. You know, it's maybe a $10 cab ride from the port. So it's easy to get to. Um, That's the only thing I want to do there. And I agree. And I, I hate to say anything bad about NASA, but it's not the most exciting port, I think. Um, I'd rather go to Castaway, and I'm not even a beach person, and I'm saying that. Um, of course, maybe I wouldn't even get off the ship because, I mean, it's a Disney ship. So, can I ask you a question about the kids' club? So, I I was on a Disney cruise line like forum the other day, and I did ask one of the people who'd done the UK staycation about um, the kids' clubs. Uh, and they said you had to make an appointment for it. Do you, there's no word on how they're handling it here, right? Uh, there is no word yet on how they're doing anything here in the States. Okay. Um, there yeah, is a page. So. If you go out to the Disney Cruise Line site, they do have a COVID protocol page, but it is only applicable to the staycations uh, in the UK. Now, you know, a, a chance chances are that a lot of that will roll over. Uh, to the domestic cruises uh, when they return. Yeah. Um, and they, she's correct. They are currently uh, reserving time in the kids club as well as at the kids pool and the slide. Okay. So, um, you know, a, a little different, uh, but they have updated the app. Uh, so the app has a lot of that functionality in there uh, in order to make it a little easier. Um, but okay. uh, it, it's, you know, it, it's a little different. And, and I think as, as cruising gets its sea legs back, you know, you'll, nice. you'll see things. Thank you. Uh, you'll see things evolve uh, as we pass through the various phases of the pandemic. And, uh, okay. you know, uh, within the next five years, I expect us to be uh, back to a full pre-pandemic uh, status. Five years? I was no, thinking I'm, like I'm, six months. I'm joking. Oh, I don't joking. Uh, Who knows how long okay. this <laughs> I don't even know. Nobody knows anything. And that, that is the tough part of our job. And people ask me stuff every day, last questions like, what do you think about such and such? And I'm like, well, here's what I know right now at this very hour, but it could change in another hour. And that actually brings me to something else, which is a little bit of a touchy subject. And we don't, I'll preface this by saying, we have no idea actually what's happening um, with any of this mask stuff. But the mayor of Orange County, Florida, just requested that businesses start asking patrons to wear masks indoors again. Do you guys know anything about this? Yeah, this is um, this is Mayor Jerry Demings. Uh, for as you said, he's the mayor of Orange County, which you know most most cities have a mayor, um, but he runs Orange County, um, and uh, he has not mandated masks yet. But he has asked that guests uh, uh, or or people in the county uh, begin wearing masks indoors again. Uh, And this is due in part to the fact that um, their numbers are going up nationwide. Our our covid numbers are rising. It's primarily in three states. One of them is Florida, where we're seeing the highest growth rate. And in Orange County, uh, you know, that magic number was a five percent rolling 5% rolling on a rolling basis, a two week rolling basis uh, that 
uh, number of infections had to be below 5%, and it got down to about 4.28%, um, and it has recently spiked up to 112 and as of earlier this week, the uh, positivity rate was at 16%. You know, we're, we're past the point where they put the mandate in effect last time. He's trying to head things off at the pass and asking that people do it on a, you know, on a voluntary basis. But I, I would think that if the uh, trend continues to increase, uh, that we could very well see a mask mandate back in place in Orange County. Yeah. And, you know, Disney is going to comply with that, of course. I mean, they're not going to mess around. And I, right. I think if it gets more of a, you know, if there are more suggestions that might turn into Disney saying, you know, we're going to we're going to play along, not play along, but we are going to comply with this, you know, right. even if it's not a mandate. I mean, that's just how Disney is. They don't they don't want to create an environment that's not safe. Um, well, so I, I will. And, and go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me interrupt you. I, I have to I have to step back. Um, and say that they they actually can't put another mandate out um, because right. uh, Governor Governor DeSantis has legislated the fact that uh, counties and, and cities and towns in Florida cannot put out their own individual mandates that it has to be at the state level. Um, so Orange County cannot put out a mask mandate. All they can do is put out a recommendation uh, okay. that guests uh, wear masks. Uh, the the other Interesting fact, as I said, that's one of the three big states. Um, Florida, the entire state accounts right now for 20 percent of the uh, covid cases in the U.S., but it only accounts for six point five percent of the country's population. So, wow. Uh, and I'm not so. good at math, but I can tell you that doesn't sound good. No, it doesn't. So, OK, I, I will just give you a little aside. So we went out to California for a week and we did two days in uh, like L.A. County, which we've never done before. I haven't spent any time in L.A. County since I was a little kid. I was never a big fan. Um, and I will tell you, my mind has changed. We had a phenomenal time. We went to Santa Monica, to the pier. Of course, that was the same day raw sewage was dumped into the ocean there. So we couldn't go back the next day and go swimming. But, you know, it was fun um, Well, it lasted. So about a week later, they instituted their mandatory mask requirement in L.A. County. Our whole family is vaccinated. We all got vaccinated as soon as we could. And that's, you know, our personal choice to do that. So I thought this was interesting. So you've got L.A. County saying you got to wear a mask indoors, right? And Orange County is right next to L.A., right? And that's where Anaheim, that's where Disneyland is. And I talked to some cast members while I was out there, just kind of curious, you know, because of my job. And I said, hey, what do you think? You know, and they're like, we're going to have to wear masks. So they're expecting it. And so, but we haven't heard anything yet. I mean, this has been like four or five days since we've been back. And, um, the thing I thought was interesting was a couple days ago, Adventures by Disney canceled their Southern California Adventures through the end of the year, which I think says a lot because, and it's not just like they're canceling LA because there's two ABDs out there. There's one that just does Disneyland and there's one that does Hollywood and Disneyland. If they were canceling Hollywood and Disneyland, that might make sense. You know, you've got the mask mandate and Disney in Hollywood. They might not want to, you know, have people deal with that. You know, you're spending a lot of money for those trips, but the fact that they're canceling the Disneyland-based one as well, I, I don't know. That was a little worrisome for me. What do you guys think about that? 
I guess they feel that, and, and they haven't brought this back since. So uh, no. I guess they feel that that it's not going to be worth all of that. Well, well, I guess they feel like they can't do the experience that they're that they usually do, which I know, like you right. were saying, involves a lot in LA County, and it involves um usually involved a visit to Muppet Studios and to Imagineering and to backstage at Disneyland. So. Right. Maybe they're just not. And maybe even, they still aren't comfortable with that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like Hollywood stuff in one of those adventures, but not in the other one. That's really what I found the most interesting. But I, I do have to say that I think that you know, it, ABD is very careful. If they can't give you 100% of the experience they promised you from day one of the trip, you know, obviously there are things that could happen that could change that in the middle of a trip. But if they can't do that, they they don't have the adventure, right? So I just, I thought it was really telling and it worried me a little bit because, you know, as a, as a travel agency owner, as a travel agent, I don't, I don't want things to shut down again. I just need stuff to go back to normal, you know? So, I mean, you know, and everybody does, everybody wants things to go back to normal. So I was a little worried. I probably over worried about that. So can I just tell you something I did out there that was super awesome? Speaking of L.A. County. So um, one of our one of our listeners, Katie, and you've probably you may if you're on our private group, you may have seen her posting different things like during the pandemic. She's real clever. Um, She lives in L.A. She went around and she did kind of Disney stuff and she visited old sites. And one of the things she did was visit those cottages that Walt Disney's animators lived in during you know during the early years and there are these like they're probably like a hundred years old they weren't built by disney but they were they look like little uh snow white cottages those were so cool my son and i went there when my husband and the twins were actually at universal studios we went out there to check them out that was like the most fun thing ever and then all of us (laughs) the next day went to the tam o'shanter which is where walt disney used to go with his Imagineers and hang out. And we sat at the table and the the table only seats four. So we had to get a bigger table um, next to it, but that was awesome. And uh, don't get those Irish uh, nachos, by the way. So if you get a chance (laughs) and you're a Disney fan, don't get the Irish nachos. (laughs) Terrible. They were awful. I think that place does very well with meat. Cause like I had the brisket and it was phenomenal, but then the Irish nachos were actually disgusting. But um, just going there, it was like an amazing feeling. I think every Disney fan, take go rent a car, drive to L.A., and go check out Tam O'Shanter. Um, probably get a reservation on opentable.com. Super fun. Did you get a Scotch Mist, which was no. Walt's favorite drink? Well, okay, I was driving, and... <laughs> As you know, I can't even have a glass of wine, and I'm like, woohoo! So I can't imagine what a Scotch mist—I don't even know what that is—would have done. But my disappointment was they didn't have Walt's chili on the menu. I was like, wait a minute—that's what he liked, right? So. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, maybe because he made that. Did he make the chili? No. 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 Yes. I thought he did. No way. No, I mean, he would go and get the chili. I don't know. That place is super cool, though. I, I think I I got a like a big time Disney feel there. I loved it. I, hmm. that, as an aside from our new show, um, I just gave you a tiny review of my trip. 
Okay. All right. So we talked about these ABD cancellations. Let's move on to our last story, which is kind of also related to Disneyland. Adam, do you want to take that? Yeah, this is interesting. Um, there was some rumors for a long time that Disney was thinking about moving some employees from their California area to uh, Orlando, but not necessarily in Walt Disney World property. And and now it's been confirmed that they're going to move about 2,000 jobs from California to Florida in the Lake Nona campus, which is southeast of the Orlando airport. Uh, it's about, I looked it up, it's about 22 miles east of Walt Disney World. I'm not sure if they are going to purchase office space or if they're leasing. If I had to guess, based on how I think all of this works, they're going to be leasing because it's cheaper to lease uh, office space than to actually build it yourself, especially when you own 43 square miles, 22 miles east of where you're going to be moving to. So I, it just makes more sense to just lease out the space and go on like, you know, five-year plans or whatever the heck it is. The big thing is the types of, in, the I don't know how to say types of employees, but the, the jobs of that they're coming from are mostly from the parks, experiences, and products division. For people that do not have direct work needs with Disneyland itself. If you don't realize it, parks, experiences, and products is a, is a sort of like recently created division to combine the people that work on the parks and the people that in the company that work on the products like t stuff, for lack of a better term, merchandise. And then the experiences are things like Ventures by Disney, Cruise Line, like any like sort of like an ancillary type Disney things that they think that could work all together. And the idea is so that all of these divisions are working on the same page so that when a new, you know, film is being done the parks are on the same page as the products and that everybody's sort of like you know working together so a lot of those jobs are believed to be imagineering jobs because they are parks experiences and products uh, absolutely and they don't necessarily need to be at disneyland 24 hours a day they are working on projects for you know all over the place so i guess they feel like it makes more sense to have more of these jobs in Florida than where they have been in California. The timetable on all this is within the next 18 months. I know that they have been letting some people know that their time is coming to move. I think they're giving them 30 days to say no. And it's my understanding that if they say no and if they can't convince their manager, whatever, to that they can stay – in California, then they will unfortunately be losing their job. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's an interesting uh, dynamic. It's good news for Florida. It's probably not so great news for California. Probably not so great news for the people that have to move. I'm not sure where we fall into all of this. I don't know if it's going to make our park enjoying lives better or worse. I don't know. That's up for debate, but. Do you really think it's bad news? Like, I would think it's okay. Like, if you're, I would think it's bad news for people who maybe are super, like, like maybe they have to take care of an elderly parent or maybe their kids are in high school or something. But I think for a lot of people, 
So every, like, okay, one of the things I did when I was LA, in LA with my older son, because, you know, we were goofing around and checking all kinds of stuff out, and we kept getting lost, was sometimes I would just Zillow, I'd go on Zillow, I'd see an address, and I'd be like, how much does that cost? And you would have the teeny tiniest little adorable dollhouse that was like one and a half million dollars, you know, perfect yard, perfectly manicured, everything, but a million and a half. And it was like two bedrooms and a bathroom and 900 square feet, um, if you're lucky. So I, I would think a lot of these people are like, hey, I can have a higher standard of living in Florida. You know, I mean, I know I, I know this guy who he and his wife had to make a move about five years ago. They were going to take over Trader Sam's. His wife was like a manager over there. And um, she was at Trader Sam's over in L.A. And they moved from L.A. to, Dis to Disney World, obviously. Um, his job was flexible. It wasn't a huge deal. Anyway, long story short, initially they were upset because they're, they have close family and everything in L.A. But they were like, gosh, we can get a four-bedroom house and start a family in Orlando. Orlando, we can't do that in Los Angeles. So don't you think for some people it would be like a huge benefit? Yes and no. <laughs> um, if the pay is the same, uh, yeah, that's that'd good. be f amazing. Yeah. That I don't know what I mean. We don't know what anybody's salary is, but like, right. I like exactly. I would. I, well, I'll tell you. Uh, okay, so I'll tell you some personal stuff for me. My company also has we're not, we're not in California, but we also have offices in Florida, right? So my boss has and, I'm, and I live in New Jersey. If, if you haven't figured that out by now, uh, my boss has your charming uh, accent. I thought you were from Montgomery, Alabama. <laughs> my boss has said one of us wanted to move and work from Florida. We would be taking a 20 percent pay cut. So I say, well, that doesn't make any sense because it's not like I'm going to work 20% less or I'm going to be 20% stupider. I still, I'm still the same. <laughs> I, I said, this to I said, nice. I, it's not like I'm losing intelligence by moving down there. I'm the same person doing the same job. I just happen to be in a different spot. Um, and then he says, well, cost of living is so much less in Florida. I'm like, yeah, it's, I mean, it isn't, it isn't. Um, groceries yeah, yeah. are the same. Gas is the same. Property taxes on a, if you buy a house or less, but I'll tell you this, Orlando apartment rentals are about the same what they are in New Jersey. You're looking at, you know, $1,500 for a one bedroom, over $2,000 for a two bedroom. Um, that's about what it is around here. Uh, there is no state income tax in Florida, which is nice. So California is a very heavily taxed state. However, there is a very low tax on low income. Now, I don't know if these people are considered low income that are be moving here, but that's I guess another topic for another day. Um, I know my brother, who works for the company, is pretty sure that he's going to be one of the 2,000 people that are going to have to move. He works for the Parks, Experiences, and Products Department, and they have uh, nothing to do with Disneyland. All of their work is um, products more than anything. And so they could be – well, what's funny is, not to get off t on a tangent here, but they've been working remotely for – a year and a half and getting all their work done. So my brother's argument is why do we need to now move to Florida? Why can't we just, you know, either stay here or work remote? And I guess that's the argument that he and his, you know, boss has to try to make because the boss is also going to have to move. Like their whole department is going to have to move if, if they actually do end up moving. And um, 
And I think it's it's not to get political, but it's the politics are different in Florida than they are in California. And sometimes people move based on what fits their beliefs. And now they're going to be sort of, I don't want to say forced, but with their their job, they're going to be forced to uh, move to a much different state. So, I mean, it's 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 what happens. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. And what you, what you can do is just not keep going with the job and find something else. But that, right. that's not that's easier said than done, too. It's a very complicated, very complicated layer uh, of um, issues. And there's no right or wrong answer, unfortunately. Do you think it's possible that some of the, you know, uh, impetus for moving actually has to do with employees who would rather live in an environment where the traffic's not as bad and the rent's not as high. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there could be lots of different sides to this. I mean, the weather is very different in Florida. Yeah, that's true. It's hot. Yeah. I mean, there are good, not that I'm saying there are bad things too. Yeah. There are good things to be, that's going, and like this Lake Nona community is like very brand new. It's, uh, yeah. KPMG, KPMG, the uh, accounting firm, opened up a big office building there, and there's a lot of people working there. There's some other, like Fortune 500 companies that are there. So it's not, you know, derelict. It's it's nice. Yeah. Uh, it is far, like I said, though, it's far from Disney World. It's 22 miles east. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not on property. Like Don't we have? We're not looking at celebration. Yeah. D- doesn't. I think we know some people who live out there. I can't remember which ones. That, we have listeners. Yes. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's. a friend listener that lives out there, too. Yeah. It's not that far. And I've heard really good things about it. It's kind of like years ago when I worked for Department of Law Enforcement down in Florida, the FBI relocated their fingerprint division to someplace in West Virginia, which was totally unacceptable for a lot of these people they did not want to live there for whatever reason so a lot of them came down to florida so it was florida's gain you know they went to work for department of law enforcement down there and uh it's kind of like this you know it's like you know maybe and and what i've heard though is that that town in west virginia now is pretty awesome you know they got good schools and everything because they moved so many you know businesses and stuff and it really revitalized that area so I don't know. Maybe it'll make Lake Nona, that area, even nicer. So, I mean, but you're right about the weather. Like, because while it was kind of hot out in California a couple of days we were there, it was nowhere near Disney heat, you know. It was not like that at all. So, um, and there's a pretty good vibe out there. Like, I would personally, if I had grown up in L.A. area, I would miss the food if you sent me anywhere else because they have such good food out there. Um so I don't know. I guess it's a big deal, but we'll we'll see what happens. Your brother, I'm sure, will you know have have his uh, thoughts on this. We'll get to find out. Okay, so I guess is that it? Is that it for tonight? Does anyone have anything else? Lots of things opening, lots of changes. It's kind of getting exciting. When you changes. Yes, exactly. Speaking of changes, are you going to cut your hair? What's with that? <laughs> Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm not because everybody wants me to cut my hair. So maybe I should de- defy everybody. To keep it. Well, we discussed earlier just going all out and doing like locks of love. You could donate it because you're not dying it. See, that's one of the criteria for locks of love. You can't have dyed your hair. So that cuts oh. a lot of people out. Right. 
And so, yeah, no, no dyeing your hair. So you just have like another like year and a half before it's long enough to donate. Yeah, I hope you don't mind. Yeah. I'm sure that'll make you very popular with the ladies. It's nice because it, it keeps the sun off of the back of my neck. <laughs> okay. But it, the sun is also, uh, not the sun, the hair falls on my face. So that's why I have to wear like a headband to keep yeah, it back. Yeah, that's, and that's really a look. And you all, and you guys all, it sounds like it wasn't very popular. I thought no. they looked cool based on how I saw them. So, you know, you're sort of getting, you know, your hair's kind of like getting to where it's like um, an easy listening rock band from the late 70s look. You know, it's not so long that you're a hippie, but it's long enough that like old men are kind of giving you the side eye, if that makes sense. <laughs> it does you know? make sense. So maybe you should start like learning the words to like the Pina Colada song or something. Speaking of pina coladas, I did have one thing I wanted to bring up. Oh, please do. Because we talked about the cruise line and how they, their buffets are not really buffets. Or the cast is serving you. Which I like the idea of. Which, but go yeah, ahead. Which sounds good, right? So Storytellers Cafe at the Grand Californian Hotel is very nice. I love it there. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 normally a character meal, but they're doing the socially distanced characters. Well, anyway, it reopened, I think, today or maybe yesterday, and they are doing a buffet where you serve yourself. I'm not joking. Oh, how long will that last? I don't know, but I who would have thought that of all the Disney places, the the Grand Californian would have the first real buffet. I would have I would have bet a lot of money that Florida would do it first. Right. It looks, yeah, I would have thought that too. I, I would have. I think you're right. I think most people would have thought that. That's a great place to eat. And you know, you know what was weird when we were out there is things are still closing really early. So we went to Lamplight Lounge, which is one of my favorite places to eat. We had a great meal there, but we, our reservation was for 7:45. By 8:15, they were telling us last call for food, and I was like, oh, okay. You know, that's that's kind of annoying. So I would. You know, we're kind of used to, you know, if you have a late seating in a theme park, they're still letting you eat, you know. Um, so hopefully that stops soon because, um, you know, we, we didn't really get a long extended meal out there. Um, but it was it was excellent. The other thing was is they have this alfresco terrace in uh, California Adventure for pass holders, for legacy pass holders. And that food was amazing. It was probably one of my favorite meals I've had in any Disney park. It was super relaxing. And the highlight of the meal was they have a Heimlich's choo-choo watermelon drink. It's non-alcoholic. We got it um, because I love Heimlich choo-choo. So if you are in Disneyland, I think that menu, the guy said, you know, that this is a new menu. I don't think they developed a new menu just to keep it for pass holders. I think they'll start expanding that you know, to other people. So it was very good. And their food is so good out there. But, oh, my point was, sorry. My point was the quick service is so good out there. We canceled like two sit down meals because we thought, gosh, you know, this is so good. We've got a lot of flexibility. We ate at Pim's Kitchen, got the not so little chicken sandwich. Very good, by the way. Um, Mm. Don't get that giant candy bar. Don't be like us. We're idiots. We have kids. So we thought, oh, we'll get two of those little Choco. What is it? The Choco Smash, it's called. Get one. They're gigantic. They're as long as your arm. 
so anyway, <laughs> that was fun. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we, we need, we're going to do another show, not tonight, obviously, but, um, we need to record a show on why people need to go to Disneyland because it is phenomenal. So, okay. I'm going to hand it over to Tony to close out the show. Thanks, Chris. As always, I'd like to remind our guests that our show is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel. Head on over to their website, MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com, and let Chris and her team set up a magical vacation for your family. On behalf of Adam and Chris, this is Tony, and we are the Mouse and More Podcast. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.